one. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nerds of Legend. I am Ben. This is Brendan, and also not Brendan is here this week because why not? I mean, Joel. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, a couple things. We're going to get started a little bit on our episode, but uh, just a reminder, next week we're going to be doing the book uh, The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Is it Fun the portrait? Portrait, portrait portrait of Dorian Gray. It's my bad. Joel, Joel will skewer us because this yeah. is his pick. Yeah, so uh, we're going to be doing that. Uh, other than that, we'll probably figure out what I believe, actually, will be into October. So we're going to be doing some spooky season cryptid episodes. Uh, we'll figure out what those are and get back to you next week on what we're going to start with. Uh, so with that, we're going to be talk today we're going to be talking about the Xenos factions of Warhammer 40k and if we have time we'll talk about some mutants as well but we're going to start with the Xenos and see where that takes us uh we covered the legions uh for the last two episodes uh they're pretty important but obviously there's more to 40k than just the marines and chaos so we decided let's talk some Xenos so Brendan where do you want to start sure Ben um so I've talked probably a little too much about uh, the origins of the setting in general and how yeah. it's sort of this amalgamation mm-hmm. of Foundation and Dune and um, Michael Moorcock's Elric of Melnibene and all this stuff is crammed together. Um, so what ends up happening is you get these crazy, fantastic, wild science fiction ideas of aliens. Mm-hmm. But the very first idea of aliens in 40K it's not necessarily fantastic. It's very simple. Your first idea of aliens in 40K are just fantasy races. Wah? Wog. Yes, yes, Wog. The difference for years between orcs and space orcs was orc was spelled with a K instead of a C. Yeah. They both worshipped Gork and Mork. They both uh, reproduced asexually as fungi at least in this setting well so, isn't in in fantasy versus uh 40k aren't they the same species like the 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 orcs in 40k crossed into the fantasy realm and they they're are, just like a thing they are the same they're yeah. the same they worship the same god the only difference is they spell it with a k and they don't get don't guns think, right I, yeah. I i don't know if they did that for like a cat cataloging things so they don't mix them up or what but yeah they're essentially identical and the reason why if you go back far enough wasn't there problems with the tolkien estate at one point quite the opposite so what happened is citadel had the license for lord of the rings miniatures Mm -hmm. so i have um i've got um uh aragorn and i've got some some dunedain rangers and i've got um I think Pippin and so this is before the rights that the um, New Line Cinema rights for the films because they had the the Middle Earth like miniature game. Um, but way before this in the eighties, they had the rights for, from the Tolkien Estate because remember th- they were selling Dread minis from mm. two thousand AD and they were selling Gothic horror and um, they had D and D licensing. So they just they, you know more more licenses, more chances for income, mm-hmm. and so they had Lord of the Rings minis. So from that, 
Chez Goodwin was working on a variety of mini lines at the time. He was doing a lot of fantasy elves. So he did uh, Scarlock's elf archers, and, and he was doing some other box sets. At the, uh, this is late 80s, mm-hmm. mid to late 80s, like I think like 86 maybe. And um, what ends up happening is they're like, hey, we're coming up with a, with a setting. It's because my Warhammer Fantasy Battle is established. Mm-hmm. We're making a game because we had the Dread license. We had all the science by stuff. We're sculpting elves. The if you look, go back far enough, they they sold some stuff as just space elves. Yeah. And like Eldar, the term Eldar is taken from Tolkien. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of the names for, for yeah. the elves. So it's straight up ripped from Tolkien. Yeah. Um, the the squats are straight up space dwarves. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I think at one point they were very briefly called space dwarves. Orcs are orcs. So it's quite. And the they probably initially were probably called space orcs. Yeah, yeah. Being honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there are, I think the second Ed Forty K Codex. I think is Codex. It might be. No, I think it's orcs. But I, I think at one point they, they were the faction was space orcs mm-hmm. before it was orcs. So yeah, it was, it was literally. Hey, it's just that in space with sci-fi um, bits. <laughs> with sci-fi bits. This is this is preceding the chaos source books mm-hmm. um tyranids are very very obviously the xenomorphs from uh like hr geiger's art and and really mm-hmm. scott's movies uh, and james cameron's sequel and that, and that sort of thing um but the very beginning it's like hey we're sculpting this stuff and what ends up happening is jez goodwin does some of the initial uh, sketches and sculpts for the eldar and so you see them they're wearing like chainmail um, and they have um, like gems on their armor, which is which is later explained canonically in the story. And when they have the helmets off, they're straight up got the pale skin, long ears, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the squats, they have biker leather. They literally have like chopper bikes, like long elongated chopper bikes, and um, they've got. Um, land trains like leviathan things that look like um like something a jowl would own Mm -hmm. you know so um a lot of it is i wouldn't call it uh it's referential i i I wouldn't say it's plagiaristic at all it's 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 a it's this wonderful melting pot of, of 80s goodness yeah um you start experimenting with weirdness once once the idea of chaos is introduced because the thing with the Eldar is, in Middle Earth, they precede man. They, uh, you know, their um, influence, the, you know, their light mm-hmm. on Middle Earth is diminishing mm-hmm. as we approach, you know, as we're in the Third Age. Very, very similar setup in 40K. The Eldar rule, rule for thousands of years. Um, they have a homeworld. They live so long. We covered this a little bit earlier, I think, with the Trader Legions. They live for so long that they become debaucherous and they live ostentatious lifestyles and they become lavish and they're living so long they're getting bored with how to live. Mm-hmm. This causes the fall of the Eldar. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who know about the ruinous powers, the big bad guys in 40k are the four chaos gods. Yeah, there used to be only three. There used to be three. I'm pretty sure Ben has an idea of, of how the fourth one comes about. So, uh, those of you not familiar, I think we did Chaos Gods before. Uh, you've got, there used to be three gods. You had Corn, 
you had Nurgle, and you had Zeech. The, basically the god of anger and war, the god of disease, decay, and entropy, and the god of knowledge and secrets. Um, and treachery and blah, blah, blah. And then, because the Eldar got bored, they started doing what I've heard called murder fucking. And they murdered, <laughs> they murder fucked the god Is Slanesh into existence. Uh, who is the god of lust and torture. Um, I, love, I love the question mark on the end. <laughs> uh, so Slanesh is the... They, and the, with the birth of Slanesh, uh, what is it, 50% of the Eldar are instantly pulled into the warp and, like, tortured and their souls are sucked out, right? Yes. So what ends up happening is because... I've heard Slanesh, Slanesh. It's usually British people who call mm. Slanesh. We all know who we're talking about here. Um... When this entity is created, it has this indelible link to the Eldar because, remember, psycho energy, real space, where we live now, and the warp, this mm -hmm. place, it's kind of like where Freddy Krueger lives, right? Yeah. It's the place where dreams uh, dreams are made real when they cross into real space. Yeah. So because Eldar have psychers and, and to be sentient is mm -hmm. to generate ideas in the warp. And actually, at that point, the 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 realm of chaos wasn't a scary place. Correct. So the warp, there was not a direct gateway between the warp and real space yet. Mm -hmm. So many elves, space elves, Eldar, projected debauchery and stuff you'd see in like Hellraiser and Hellraiser Two. You know, uh, mm -hmm. so so much uh, ribald violence just mixing complete hedonistic pleasure and murder and all this stuff because they're living this long mm -hmm. and they get that bored. It becomes real through the entity, which is Slaanesh. And because of this, there's this double link between Slaanesh and the, and the Eldar. Slaanesh yeah. exists to consume Eldar's souls. Yep. And so what ends up happening is the Eldar flee in giant ships called craft worlds. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is the Eldar that live on the individual craft worlds end up creating their own societies. It's kind of like the vaults and fallout. Yeah. There are differences societally and socially and yeah. personality wise between the craft worlds. And they, they, they basically figured out a way to like stem, like, like keep from getting caught by Slanesh, right. For, from getting like tracked or, uh, they all find different ways of yes. keeping her away. Her, there are different it, methods. Him away. Uh, that's the thing. Slanesh is both all genders at once. A lot of Slanesh iconography is both a flat chest and a breast, or like lots of bondage leather and, and pierced nipples and all yep. sorts of like 80s hair metal kind of styling. So um, Slanesh is simultaneous. Is at all times he, she, and it, and them at the same time. <laughs> Pleasure and pain in equal measure. Complete, no. complete abandon of temperance. Literally Hellraiser. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, yeah. pretty much. And um, so here's the thing: the Eldar are terrified of Slanish and Slanish's ability because when they die in real space, when they die um, in the material plane. Slanish, uh, their souls are like moths to a flame. Like yeah. Slanish and Slanish's adherence, you know, dash towards their souls to consume yeah. their their being forever. 
So the various methods with which the elder use mm -hmm. to live in perpetuity mm -hmm. are as follows. Number one, not only were uh, not only was the elder civilization uh, ravaged, but so was their pantheon of deities. Mm -hmm. It's only, I I think only only two deities are more or less continue Around. to exist. Yeah, uh, uh, Cain, their god of war, god of war and vengeance, and then yeah. um, the the laughing god, uh, which is worshipped well, by the Harlequins. So then three, and then there is. Um, allegedly the their goddess of like the harvest and of life, life. And yeah is, the god of life and healing is, is she is being held by nurgle in his garden mm -hmm. i believe in the warp mm -hmm. as a prisoner because so she one, can't die but and she can constantly heal so he can test out all of his nasty pestilences on her at all times yes, yes. so she's imprisoned there are two at large mm -hmm. that the eldar still worship yep um there's another one mm -hmm. um so uh, we'll we'll get we'll, we'll get to the to recent events. This is like yeah. 80s all the way through the 90s. Yeah. Um, so the Harlequins live in the Webway, mm -hmm. which is like space between the space between spaces. The space between it's the space between the warp and and yeah. real space. It's um, how they we used to travel like it. You know, it's how they traveled the universe. So they they created the Webway, which is basically like hyperspace tunnels, if you want to think of it like correct. like Star Wars type thing. Um, but yeah, sorry, I keep interrupting. But no, no, no. You're, you're <laughs> I, I know I I know more about Xenos than I do about uh, marine factions. So <laughs> you're, ed you're educated on the subject and you're excited, which is mm -hmm. which is what we love. So um, what happens is the Harlequins they are on this masquerade. They're basically a troop of killer jesters. Yep. Who worship the Laughing God, and yep. they they ride the, the webway, and then there's the Black Library, mm -hmm. which 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 is. Which they protect guys, the Black Library. Yes. So, right. so, so, so you may know the Black Library as the website or the store, the entity, the, pla the place that makes all the books. That makes all the books. It's it's their it's their print house, right? Um, it's a reference to the fact that there is a secret Webway Library of knowledge that's hidden away. So the Harle the Harlequins use their reverence of the Laughing God to avoid Slanish, and they hide the Webway. Mm -hmm. The other thing you can you can do, uh, which basically the craft worlds have an infinity circuit mm -hmm. where all of the souls of the elder that belong to those craft worlds, uh, when they die, they bring the body and the soul uh, is preserved in the infinity circuit. Of yeah, the they're soul, they because they have a soul stone, right? They build yeah. soul stones. Whenever you see all the gems, there's like, usually like a little gem like on the, on, on the chest of elder mm -hmm. minis, especially mm -hmm. in the 80s and 90s. Um, you see lots of little gems, but you usually like big pronounced ones. Mm -hmm. That is a soul gem, mm -hmm. a soul stone. Soul, Soul Gem is is, is uh, Morrowind. I think they call yeah, them like, Soul <laughs> Wrong universe. <laughs> I think you call them Soul Stones in this yeah. one. Um, or, or something similar. And what happens is when the Elder dies, their soul leaves the their corporeal Gets body. Gets sucked into the stone so it can't go to the warp. So sort of like a, a marine apothecaries remove the progenoid glands yeah. from a dying marine so yeah. that they can pass it to a new marine. Yeah. The Eldar come by and they they take the they take the stone off of the corpse and they they keep the elder's soul yeah. and that way Slanish doesn't get it. So what ends up happening is they have wraith bone, this dense hard material that um, this semi organic like more organic material that the the um, the craft worlds are made out of. They create like battle suits out of it mm -hmm. called um, wraith knights and wraith. There's, there's wraith guard, wraith knights. Yeah. 
very early on they had drones like mm -hmm. ai robots and then mm -hmm. and then they had like miniature like they were playing with basically ways ways to deal with a shortage of population yeah and so what they do now is they take the soul stones and they place them in suits of armor and there there are warlocks and there are war seers and there, there are different levels yeah. of psyker in elder society and so they usually have, I think it's a rate seer. They they they, they have an an indivi uh, individual, a living individual, who's a liaison between the wraith guard and the living, mm -hmm. and guides them into combat. Far so seers. Yeah, yeah. And so there's there's various psychers in el in elder society, and so mm -hmm. there are dedicated psychers that help the wraith guard into combat mm -hmm. and guide these fallen souls into these. Uh, silent, unmoving suits of armor that suddenly come to life when needed. Um, Craftworld Ayandin, which is, I think, probably my favorite, uh, was so ravaged by Tyranids, who we will later cover, that they have the largest amount of their forces on the Craftworld are Wraithguard. Mm -hmm. And so whenever they are um, on maneuvers or stationed on the planet, it's very eerie because large amounts of their armies are silent unmoving immortal wraith guard mm -hmm. until that moment in, in which in which they need to spring to action they just mm -hmm. sit there as long as they need to yeah um so the other thing if we're not dead and our souls aren't exhibiting well, and then world. also the crafts worlds they, their thing is basically like in order to keep slanesh away they 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 like uh pursue a life of like asceticism right so they're they're almost like do like a monk like lifestyle right so they'll pursue a craft and not pursue any sort of pleasure ever so they become the best at whatever they do because they live for so long so they'll pursue combat or they'll pursue an art or something but it's like all about cleansing themselves of any like pleasure or pain or whatever so they're trying to be like a zen they're basically zen like elves so they're, they're, they're craft world elves are the closest to like tolkien elves that you're gonna find <laughs> essentially yeah. Desire is the root of all suffering, so mm -hmm. they try to purge vice and excessive desire and emotion from them. Mm -hmm. That is why they're called craft worlds, because yeah. those Eldar that fled in the craft worlds follow um, follow a craft. And so what ends up happening is... Yeah, essentially, yeah, Alex. They're, they're basically Zen, like, warrior monks. That yes. all they do is, like, pursue a craft to, like, perfection. And they'll yes. do it for hundreds and th or thousands of years and the, until they, like, move on to the next thing. Yes, yeah. they are currently OP in the current meta. If <laughs> for, for a long time they weren't, and then they were pretty good in ninth, and now they're very, very good. I don't mind because they are overdue. Yeah. Um. So the still the, no warp spiders though. <laughs> they have not made new warp spider miniatures since like 1998. Yeah. They they got new dark reapers. They got new shining spears. Where are the warp spiders? Okay. So, anyways, you may be wondering what are those. So every uh, every able-bodied individual in a craft world that has not followed a martial craft to the point of excellence is called a guardian, and they give them armor and they give them shuriken launchers that throw like mo like little pieces of sharp metal at hyper. They should throw shurikens at the warp speed. At hyper speed. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, so what happens is when you follow a particular martial craft. Mm -hmm. for centuries or thousands of years you become an aspect warrior yeah and so they have extremely extremely skilled um specialized infantry types called aspect warriors so mm -hmm. they have fire dragons which have these massive lances like anti-armor lances 
they have dark reapers that are um they have this um emo iconography i want to say emo but very like dour and, and they have their heavy weapon specialists they have howling banshees who have these these screamer masks that emit high-pitched whales and aren't they like combat. super fast and stuff super fast yeah. they're striking scorpions which have chain swords and they're they're other similarly close combat um shining spears who are mounted on uh jet bikes and and so they you know they are and at the top of all of it don't they have um they have uh phoenix lords right they're like who lead yes. the class the, yes. the craft world phoenix lords are the analog elder analog to primarchs yeah roughly so yeah. the phoenix lords are those that created the aspect warrior houses yeah so they are very ancient eldar that can go back to the fall right mm -hmm. and so what ends up happening is they are the ones that said hey we have aesthetic lifestyles and we try not to have too much spicy food or watch too much tv or whatever yeah. you know so slash doesn't meet us we're the ones that created these various you could call them martial arts i guess you uh, martial aspects mm -hmm. um and so they're the ones that lead so, so Ra, of, yeah He's he's is, the emo one, right? Is it, he he is, he's the Phoenix Lord of the Dark Reapers, mm -hmm. and I, I bring him up. There's there's a Jane Czar, and mm -hmm. there's um, Fugan, who's who's the um, he leads the Fire Dragons, and so I, I bring up Morgan Ra because he is so metal. Isn't Jane Czar the one that they joke that uh, that freaking Gillies? Uh, Gilliman's no, 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 got no. a thing with no, no 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 that that's the Inari in the India that okay. that's newer that's newer. Jane, Jane Zar has like the weapon from Kroll. Mm -hmm. <laughs> got like the got like the the shuriken thingy. Um, yeah. But yeah, the reason I bring up Morgan Ra is first off, he's awesome. But his new mini is dope. But he was so metal that he went. Uh, his craft world was sucked because remember when uh, Slanish was created, it created the warp. Yeah. So the the eye it created of, the, the eye of terror. The right? eye of terror. It created the bridge between the warp and real space called the eye of terror, mm -hmm. which. Cadia used to guard next to it yeah. and Abaddon and the, the Black Crusades come out of the Eye of Terror. So this terrible nightmare area where the warp is made real was created from Slaanesh's gestation. Mm -hmm. And so Mogenrau's craft world had been sucked into the warp, thought to be lost. He, he's so metal. He went in, found them, and brought them out. Mm -hmm. So he found his craft world people and for a long time, they they were considered lost, and they were canonically found and rescued. And so mm -hmm. they're they're a very dour kind of um, stoic people because they lived in the warp. Yeah. So um so yeah, these Phoenix Lords are not to be underestimated. Um, they are they can snap Marines in half with ease. Yeah. The, the, they're millennia old. Yeah. Exceptionally gifted. So we have craft worlds. Um, We've got. Harlequins, which are kind of in the middle, they just like tr find everything hilarious and just yes. like try and avoid everything Levity. at all cost and like try and honestly, they try and like um, change events from like beyond the curtain, you know, because yes. everything's they're, they're all about uh, the whole everything in the world is a play that has to as a story and a play that has to be played out. So they get involved with in different Warhammer stories where they're like basically trying to influence events to make sure that the story unfolds. They love messing with Fabius Bile. Yes, <laughs> we, have, we have to maintain the narrative. Yeah, they, it's like you got to stick to the story. You're the Phoenix Lord. Come on. <laughs> um, my personal favorite are the Exodites. The Exodites 
decided that the way this thing would fantasy. Would, I thought it was a fantasy thing. No, oh. they're exceptionally rare. There's not a lot of minis of them. The Exodites decided you're on the right track. Okay. That the way the way that they would deceive and avoid Slanesh was to intentionally become luddites yeah. and techno- revert revert to primalism. Return to monkey. Yeah. yeah. Return yeah. to monkai. Yeah. 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 Oh, by the way, they famously call humans um, monkeys. Mm-hmm. Just monkey. You know. Shut up, monkai. Yeah, they call us monkai. Um, so yeah, so they they live like Mad Max, or they live like Land of the Lost, or Dinotopia, right? Yeah. They intentionally technologically limit themselves to avoid pride and avarice. Limit themselves to one world or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. They made an unreleased line of Eldar Exodites for Epic 40K, so 8mm. I have a few. I'm building up a collection. I would love to make an Eldar Exodite army. They're my favorite of, of, of the Eldar. Um, so they're, they're touched on in the, in the books. Mm-hmm. They are very limited in miniature lines. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to find them. Yeah. Well, they do exist in the story. So they're basically dino riders. Yes. Yes. They are dino riders. It's, di- it's dinotopia with guns. Yeah. yeah. Like they have, they, they have a brontosaurus and they put like a giant gun on the back of it. Yeah. It's great. They've got like the, they have like, they ride like velociraptor or <laughs> they ride raptors into battle, like, like their horses and they have like T-Rex, like, <laughs> I, like I, was eight, and, I was eight. They were, awesome. they were elves with dinosaurs. I was like, sign me up. And the See? final piece to the puzzle is the Drakari. Yes, the Dark Eldar. Yes, they so, they decided, well, Slaanesh is going to find us eventually, uh, so the best way to keep Slaanesh away is to do all of the debauchery, because if we're feeding her, then at least she's not coming, she might not come for us, as long as we keep feeding her, like, pleasure and pain in equal measure. Yeah, basically, they're like, if we enact this suffering onto others, mm-hmm. that will please Slanesh and we'll be safe. Yeah. Have you ever seen the horror movie? It follows. Yeah. It's this idea that there's. And this a- is where Hellraiser shows up. <laughs> but the horror movie, it follows. There's this sexually transmitted, basically, ghost spirit aberration that mm-hmm. follows you once it's been passed to you sexually. And it will not stop at 24 7. It will follow you at all times. If it reaches you, it will kill you. So you can run, you can hide. It- it just is unrelenting it walks it doesn't run it just walks very slowly it usually appears as people you know or as people that it has killed previously mm-hmm. and it will follow you forever it's a terrifying movie the protagonist it's inferred for some time prolongs avoiding it by just having sex with other people because it passes it it passes its will to kill onto the last person mm. so she just has sex with a bunch of people and it follows up the chain of people to kill so if she has an, enough sex and passes it on in the beginning of the movie she is given it by a by a douchebag who she meets yeah. knows knows it's following him yeah and gets her intentionally so it's the same thing with the dark mm. elder they are like if we just enact enough pain and suffering and avarice unto others we will pay it forward, we will push this can kick this can down the road and Slanesh will not get to us. Yeah. So they live in the webway too. Uh but they have they're on one camera. Camarag, which is led by Azdrubil Vect. Yes. 
who he Bastru Beelvect. Yes. Um they now these dark elder look like Hellraiser. They've got yeah. skin peeled uh, and yeah. they, they they live for millennia so they so they they've like discovered ways of like flaying their own flesh and experimenting and stuff and they're like hey if we create so much pain Slanish will leave us alone or if we just learn to connect on others and we're so different maybe may, you know maybe Slanish yeah. is more interested in us so they it's straight up hellraiser yeah they have like three different types they have they have like three different cults they have the witches the yes. very similar to dark elf witches in Warhammer the um it's the one uh, the homunculi and then there's a third one i can't think of yeah the, the homunculi one. are the ones that create like body horror yeah so like death. you have the witches that basically like have arenas that they'll capture like strong warriors so they'll capture like a really powerful space marine and put him in here and like basically torture him endlessly in battle uh they have uh like basically as long as there's enough spectacle of pain so like they'll they'll have these gladiator matches where they just like beat the crap out of some boy, guy to the point of like where he still doesn't die uh um and then then you have the homunculi who are basically like mad scientist dudes that will like basically turn like people into furniture They'll capture. So, like, their favorite thing is to like go to a human world, capture a bunch of humans, and then like fuck off, and then like turn them into like torture yep. slaves. Turn them into Legos. Yeah, turn them into furniture, and like the like they'll completely like they'll like floor their entire palace with human skin that's like got eyes and like mouths that are screaming because the humans that are made out of the skin are still alive. But it's just their skin. It's gross. It's gross. It's, it's, it's Hellraiser shit. <laughs> um, the final, the final way to avoid Slanish, Eldar Rangers in the game, mm -hmm. are the representation of um, those who live out in the boonies. Mm -hmm. So if you're an outsider with the Eldar, if you leave a craft world, you decide that hey, I don't want to learn how to like weave mm -hmm. for 400 years and i don't want to learn how to like use a chain sword for 2000 years i'm gonna go do my own thing mm -hmm. um th those are represented on the tabletop as the elder rangers mm -hmm. so they so these are elder that learn to live on the outs they're they're in the boonies they like go off exploring right a lot of times they they're like snipers and stealthy and sneaky they, and they've learned to they've learned to live off the land and mm -hmm. so they're they're represented as excellent snipers and they have stealth and they're very difficult to detect in the game rules. Mm. But uh, story-wise, they've learned to live on their own in the depths of the universe, um, living on the outs so that Slanish will overlook them in the great scheme of things. Because mm. so a craft are, world is a juicier target than a lone, lone guy. Yes, yes. Yeah. Slanish wants to drink those infinity circuits like a Capri Sun pouch. Yeah. And so their idea is, hey, I don't want to spend 2,000 years learning how to use a chainsword or weaving or being around a big juicy target, I'm going to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And so the footnote is, I think, 2017, 2018, around the advent of adding the Primaris Marines, mm -hmm. you get uh, the Aeneid yeah. and the Inari. And so the, the major advancement of the Eldar storyline is the fact that there are those who were the Inari worship Aeneid, who is the Eldari god of death. 
mm-hmm. and they believe that the infinity circuits when all when every soul is in the infinity circuits all the craft worlds will, will unite the entirety of the elder race into like a into like a singular spirit and then upon doing so they think that the Eldari race will be reborn, similar to the fact that the Emperor is mm-hmm. a perpetual. Because yeah. of the fact that the Eldar live on forever in a spiritual form, they think they will be reborn. And they think that um, Aeneid, the Whispering God, the God of Death, is still there and can still help them against Slaanesh. And this will be the final battle that defeats the curse of Slaanesh. Yeah. Now, the thing is... There are elder that think that's hogwash, or they think that's a load of fooey. Um, the Inari, those, those who uh, who worship Aeneid, mm-hmm. storyline wise, you you know that some entity is out there because what ends up happening is an avatar of Aeneid is created. Mm-hmm. There are three three major characters that are representations. So um, the the Incarn. Is the avatar of Aeneid. Whenever mm-hmm. you see tabletop avatars from the 90s, they're avatars of of Cain. Mm-hmm. So there is a single avatar of Aeneid that's called the Incarn. Um, there is now you mentioned all the jokes about um, Rubute Gilman having a girlfriend. Yeah, are about because she's the one that like woke him up, I think, or something. There's like a. There's an Eldar that woke him up because they like first saw that he needs to in order for like chaos and stuff not to win, isn't that? Yes, yes, absolutely. And so what ends up happening is um, they're called the triumvirate of the of of Aeneid. Mm-hmm. They're the three that are pushing the message of, of of the Eldar god of death. The 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 Vizark, who it's rumored is a like reformed dark Eldar. He's silent, never t- takes off his helmet. He's like this deadly fighter. Mm-hmm. There's Incarn, which is the avatar of Aeneid, and then Evrain, mm-hmm. who was she was fighting in the gladiatorial pits of Kamarag, and I think I forget who kills her. Um, some named Dark Eldar badass like kills her, and upon like dying in the pits, is approached by Aeneid and, and is offered a choice: carry my message and save the Eldar people, or or die. And she accepts this and becomes reborn. And so they are like the three adherents, um, messengers of Aeneid to spread this. So it's like a death cult? More or less. They're not going around murdering Eldar or anything. Uh-huh. They're just all saying, hey, join us. Yeah. If, we can, if we can unify all the Eldar souls together into one, we can, you know. And not to mention, because there's an avatar and because um, uh, Evering was... Uh, was resurrected and like they're they're essentially like like biblically the the apostles spreading the word because mm. they were they were affected so they're spreading this message amongst the eldar there are those amongst the eldar who follow this and represent both their craft worlds and Aeneid. there are those that drop everything and just join the cause mm-hmm. so that's like the movement from the, for the eldar they very famous so it's the thing that allows you to basically have an army where you can have every single type of eldar unit in one Army. Well, well, not only that, but they show, <laughs> but they show a limited control over death mm-hmm. because the big thing is the big storyline thing is they resurrect the prince of um, oh, they resurrect one of the craft world princes of the um, the craft world that's full of wraith guard that I mentioned. Uh, 
uh, I can't remember. <laughs> Iandon. Yeah. The print, uh, Prince Iandon. Prince Ariel is killed in combat, and he he ha he's named. He has his own miniature and that sort of thing. Prince Ariel is killed. The triumvirate straight up resurrect him from the dead, mm -hmm. and so a bunch of people are like, "Oh shit, this is this is this real. might be legit." <laughs> now, unfortunately, because everybody loves Space Marines, because we are human, so the Imperium of Man is is the premier facet of the storyline. Ever since introducing the triumvirate not a lot has progressed from the storyline other than that so that's where they've been left off for i think two or three years oh, yeah. but that that's where we are as up to right now that's where the storyline is taking the other it's a good time lots of stuff hmm well we still have time i feel like that's all the eldar stuff we've kind of hit yeah. the overview um moving on we could cover we could cover the ab the ab humans. Um, we could do that. What a, I mean, we've done orcs episode before. Unless someone says so, so we've done the orcs before. There's a whole orc episode you can go back and watch. We I feel like we hit all the notes on orcs. I don't think we they, have to. I mean, as much as I would love to talk about orcs again, <laughs> they, they they need more named characters and they need to have more of an influence in the story. What ends up happening is they'll have two factions fight. And then they'll be like, oh, the orcs smelled blood in the water, and they came to Wog. Yeah, yeah there hasn't been, like, a big orc. I mean, I guess Gaskell Thraka, like, the book Gaskell Thraka came out yeah, recently. Yeah. But, like, that was just, like, a reiteration of everything we knew already. Just, like, put into, like, a full-on novel. Our so we haven't gotten a whole lot of orc stuff The The battle for Armageddon was the big orc yeah. spotlight, but that has been revisited so many times. Yeah. They need, they need some new blood with the orcs. They need some, they need some new... I mean, they, they've, they, they could... They could maybe do something with that one like orc army that's like been like in in uh like locked in with the Tyranids for like two, yeah. twenty years. So yeah, like so, so like that's I feel like that's the one place is like what's what could happen is like the orcs could like beat that Tyranid have hive fleet and then come out and you've got this like unstoppable war boss. <laughs> yeah, because I, I will like that's that. like that like that's the one thing I could think of that like would yeah. they could do right now. It's like unless like I feel like Gaza's story is kind of like concluded for now. Like obviously there's more room for it, but like if they if they like have that like the orc army beat that high fleet back, and all of a sudden you have this like freaking uh like leader like war boss that's like led a wall against the Tyranids and beaten back an entire high fleet. He's gonna be on like a level of like one of the freaking uh, the big six. Yeah, for for those at home, remember that it's it's heavily inferred that the orcs were an engineered bioweapon made by the old ones, which is why they're so psychically receptive. Which yeah. is why the wog, their belief in something, creating it and making it come real, yeah, is so potent because they're they're this uncontrollable bioweapon technically that just reproduces asexually and as long as it wants something mm -hmm. as, a, as a group it becomes real which is why if they defeat this high fleet of tyranids because they will it to be so and because they it's like the hulk always getting angry yeah if the if this orc wog is and the more and the more an orc fights and the more an orc crumps the bigger he gets right so bigger their teeth get yeah and so they may become nine so like at this point like like in the lore gaskell throck is like 40 feet tall 
because yeah. he's like been like he's been juiced up so much by how many conflicts he's been in. But like you had the previous uh like way back you had the um the the beast, the rival of the beast, who was an orc war boss that was like has been described as large as a mountain. <laughs> I think. So so sort of like how like in storylines the purity of a vampire is diluted into modern days, there are more vampires. Mm-hmm. The original space orcs were space marines to people or mm-hmm. superhuman. They were like super orc. They were like a higher evolved being yeah. because they were closer to the original bioweapons. They yeah. they were they were like very early Dragon Ball Z when Goku turns under a full moon turns to a giant King Kong kind of yeah. thing. They they were like a higher evolved form of being compared to modern orcs. If yeah. they had found some way to unlock their genealogy in defeating that, yeah, because think, like the that would, that would be really cool. Yeah, because you have the six. Um, I, don't, I can't remember what they're called. There's like the six like primal primal orc prime orcs. There we go. Yeah, that were primal. yeah that were like from like early 40k where like basically those six orcs are like we've talked like i said if 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 you're lost go back to our early orcs episode cuz it'll cover it basically the the six current clans of orcs that exist encompass are like embody embody the like those six prime orcs so like the original the original uh blood axe the original uh bad moon the original uh death skull death evil skull sun. evil sun goth and there's one more <laughs> free buddha no snake 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 thing. bite snake bite uh yes. Yeah, so like basically each of those prime orcs embody like the like what the physic psychic gestalt consciousness of each of these clans. And the most united the orcs have ever been has been under Gazkul Mag Urakthraka, who is basically like, I don't care what kind of orc you are, you're gonna follow me, because I'm the strongest one. Uh so that's kinda like where we're at. Right now with orcs, they're big, they're green, they're mean. The more they fight, the more big they get and the stronger they get. And as long as they don't get beat and their war boss doesn't die, they keep going. And at this point, Gazkol Thraka keeps coming back from the dead. So that's where the, that's where the storyline's going. <laughs> they keep uh, using the orcs as like a tertiary character in the story. They're like, oh, the battle's been going on so long. Let's throw orcs in there. And yeah, so- because it's like, oh, th- then everything turns to chaos. The not not yeah. not chaos. Big C chaos. Just little C because they just yeah. fuck everything up. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. the, orcs, the orcs were huge in the 90s. You mm-hmm. had individual minis and varied lists for each clan, and you had you had a lot more variability with the minis. You had Gorka Morka. You had an entire game built around orcs fighting each other on the planet. And mm-hmm. Orcs were huge. Yeah. Um, you, you had bombers over at the Big Tooth River. Mm-hmm. You had like a, a, a individual games just for orcs. Yeah. Um, nowadays, there's, there's sort of mid-card, if you think about it as a wrestling metaphor. Yeah. They, they they deserve a push for them. Honestly, their current their current like strongest lists are uh, are all snake bites, like the ones that like in the squig battle wagons and stuff with the squig um, squigosaurs and stuff. Full 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 speed freaks, evil sun armies were like mm-hmm. his old 
vehicles and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's yeah, there's Oryx, Eldar. Um, remember the original release of Rogue Trader, the first edition rulebook, mm -hmm. had Tyranids mm -hmm. and references to Gene Stealer cults. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about them for a little bit. It's considering the the box set, the yeah. the, the, the still edition. unopened Leviathan box set that's sitting right there, and I know exactly where it is. <laughs> Is um, it's Space Marine Terminators uh, versus the brand new Tenth Ed Tyranids? Tyranids were also huge in the '90s. Um, Space Hulk was extremely popular. Yeah, um, they were they were very popular in Epic as well because mm -hmm. you had Bio Titans. You had all, yeah. they're essentially Xenomorphs. So um, if you look at look at Tyranids, which are probably like after chaos are probably the greatest threat that exists to the galaxy they yeah. are a om near omnipresent threat of bug aliens that just want to consume everything every planet they come across gets withered down to bedrock and all new organic material is stripped from it all water is taken all soil is 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 recovered and everything. basically the planet is dead after a Tyranid High Fleet has arrived upon it. Um, they're big, they're scary, they're a hive mind. Uh, and no, like, they used to be thought of as just like these like bug aliens that show up and eat everything, like almost like a locust. And then the em Empire finally figured out, oh shit, there's an intelligence behind all this. So they yeah. can basically, they, they constantly evolve to... Uh, like whatever threat they're facing. So every time they like get beaten back, they can come back with a solution to whatever threat they were facing before. Um, there's only a few t things that they haven't been able to beat, but like, that's still where the storyline is. It's, it's definitely where the current storyline is headed in terms of like what the big, bad evil threat is. Uh, they have, they have fast evolutionary turnaround. Yeah. They, um, if you've seen Paul Verhoeven's Starship Troopers, mm -hmm. similar to that yeah. concept. Um, now the thing is, the Tyranids do not have um, the ability to travel other other than like sublight. Yeah. So, so they they can't make jumps. Mm -hmm. They they can't jump across uh, into the warp and then back into real space like Imperium ships can. Uh, they have to take the long way. They have to just drift across the universe. Yeah. And the thing is, to to accommodate that, remember that there are psychically evolved Tyranids uh -huh. because you know there are hive minds that send out suggestions to the mm -hmm. smaller ones. So they figured out at some point how to send suggestions to sentient species, mm -hmm. and that is how you have gene stealer cults. Yep. So there are cells of individuals who worship Nurgle and who start worshiping Runa's powers. However, they sent they sent out these outriders. Yes, they're like, those they, they like blasted these like little like individual like uh, gene stealer aliens like out into the, like the galaxy, and they land on planets or on ships, and like you wouldn't even notice they hit because it's just literally like a person in an egg. So it's like a six foot long object just like crashes in your ship. You don't even know <laughs> that it just like found its way in. 
and they uh, they take over. They'll basically it, this happens over generations of human life, uh, where they'll take over. They'll they'll basically steal the genetic material of a human, turn it into like a basically like slave to them, and then. Uh, that person basically they'll retreat into like the depths of whatever planet they're on and turn and over the course of generations they eventually are like these aliens that but look that look human but they might have some different uh, like they might have a third arm or they might have like a like I don't know uh, bug eyes or whatever they, they introduce so much human DNA gradually into into generations they create hybrids that can better infiltrate society. Yeah. So hive worlds, like massive uh, industrial uh, planets full of billions of people are especially susceptible to gene stealer cults. Um, you'll see them basically like like Necromunda. So, so any, any planet with billions by billions of people where it's easy to get lost or, or to be unnoticed, you'll get large cults of Nurgle, you get large cults of gene stealer Gene stealer worshippers. Mm. And what happens is they can they can send psychic suggestion ahead of time if a high fleet is coming, and they basically become a fifth element. Yeah. Um, they 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 become gorillas, forward agents for this eventual wave. Yeah. So they'll basically like prepare a planet over these these generations, and then all of a sudden like basically take over a planet and be like, here high fleet, we it's like here dad. Come and see what I did for you, and then the Tyranid High Fleet is like, "I don't care about you, but thanks for the planet," and then eats them and everything else on the planet. But they think it's like Dad coming home to save them, and it's not. <laughs> which is what's fun, which sad about the Gene Stealer cults because they think they're bringing in like their sort of messiah to like save them, and then the the Tyranids don't give a fuck. <laughs> they're just like, "I'm eating you too." So you are you are biomatter. Um, I guess the the individual Tyranid um, mm. strains, I think, are I, I think are the allure that a lot of people have to playing the faction. So you have the Gene Stealers that have four arms of razor razor sharp claws, and they'll they run forward and rend everything apart. They're mm. the primary bad guy in Space Hulk, mm -hmm. which is the board game of Space Marine Terminators trapped on a big old ship with them. Um, there's the termagants, the little ones that that have um, prehensile digits, so they can hold guns. So they have these disgusting bio guns like that are like literally just attached to them, and it just like spurts acid. And they have acid or or spines, or I think there's different strains of weapon mm -hmm. you can get the termagants. Um, there's the lictor, which had. Um, there's the oh man, there's so many. There's the zoanthropes and zoanthropes and. So like, there's we're not gonna get on all the different like types of Tyranids because there's too many because they don't really have a lot of named characters. They just have a lot of different unit types. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so because of this, you you, you can sort of recognize hey, it kind of limits the faction in terms of popularity because they can't write you know they can write books about like a high fleet invasion or whatever, but you can't sell like. Um, uh, you can't sell action. You can't sell a book like the book about a Tyranid like hive general the way you can sell a book about like Gaskell. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like there's, a Phoenix Lord or There's no there's no individual characters that you can focus on mm -hmm. to, to grow the fandom for the particular faction. The mm -hmm. the um 
the idea of aliens movies and yeah. of these massive waves of bugs and all the cool strains, I think is the allure. Of well, even they're like named, named like characters. It's like they have one like actually named character and it's old one eye. And then everything else is just yeah. brood mother or like, uh, uh, I can't even think of, there's like a hive hive master or something like that. There's a brood mother. There's a old one eye. And then there's like a, scythe master or hive master or something like that hive lord yeah all of their all of their names are created with adjectives yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's, it's not like old billy tyranid no it's yeah. it yeah um however they are making a comeback with a vengeance they are the primary antagonist in space marine 2 which everyone's very excited for they're the primary opposing faction in the new 10th box set yeah they uh, and they, they won they, yeah, yeah, they, they won the event. There was yeah. an event um, based on uh, everyone would play, and then you'd report who won the battles, and and the Tyranids actually won the event. They beat the Space actually, Marines. It was actually just... exciting because Space Marines always win everything. So yeah. I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Um, so if you're interested in Tyranids, this is the perfect time mm -hmm. to get back into them. They're bug aliens. All of their weapons are like uh, bone blades and like acid spitters and like... Uh, like, or they shoot like scarabs at people that burrow into your flesh, and or like larvae at people, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, eats they, into um, you, and they they're they're really interesting. They're they're wild. Um, but again, like not a lot lore happens. Wise, this the coolest thing about them is like how they take over a world that like eat it. So like basically like when a hive fleet first arrives, it's preceded by like basically everything around the, um around the world that's about to be overtaken is like uh, are cut off from the warp because the warp presence of the tyranids basically uh, is uh, deafens and uh, like all you can hear is a psychic scream basically um, of these tyranids that are like running towards you or flying towards you they're preceded then preceded by like a sort of uh, set of like uh, spores that land on the planet and then eventually start turning the biosphere of the planet against the inhabitants. So it starts like infecting people and like uh, their ocean, it turns their oceans into like, uh, st like stomach acid that then like basically like the, they turn, they turns their oceans and lakes into digester pits for the, the Tyranid hive fleet that like the Tyranids when they land start like chucking all biomatter into that is then sucked up by like these giant like horrible like bio straws that are extruded by the hive fleet or no they grow up from the planet's surface <laughs> so describing it it is so gross yeah it's like it's like basically it's like if you think about it like if you're on a if you're on a hive world or a Tyranid hive a world being in like everything basically turns into biomatter that is like pulsating and like stomach acid and everything's trying to kill you. You eventually can't even like breathe unassisted, like without like an air supply because the, it becomes poisonous to all organic life except Tyranids. And then they suck it all up. And then it's just basically the planet is now bedrock, no water, no air, no life, anything. And then they suck it up and then they move on to the next planet. So, yeah, kind of scary, kind of an existential threat. It's all fun and games until the Tyranids show up. Uh, so that's the Tyranids. 
Well, I guess the main, the next one we can talk about. We can. You want to do Necrons or the Tau? Necrons could almost be their own episode. Yeah, Necrons are getting more and more focused on and, and involved, and like a lot of retcons involve them. Necrons are like the opposite of of Tyranids, where they keep getting named characters and they keep getting origins, and mm -hmm. their fingers are in everybody's pies. Mm -hmm. Um, I, f I feel like we could focus on them for an episode. Tau, um, so Tau is a relatively new faction. Yes. So Tau came around like the year 2000. Um, they were, their first big video game was fire warrior. So maybe like 2002, 2001. Mm -hmm. Um, they're the second newest faction other than the leagues of OTAN. Um, for the longest time, they had so many haters in the 40k community. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's still fashionable for guys in their 30s to hate on the Tau. Yeah. Like, oh, because well, did they come in and they were just like so good that it made people angry or something? For the greater good, so it's like you guys yeah. are you guys are too positive for the for the setting. And it's you, argued that they're like like the only good. The, a, a lot of Tau players argue that they're the only good, like, good faction in 40k, like, because everything else is evil. They're they're a young species. Yeah. Um. They they have they have air, fire, like the elements. They have casts. Yeah. Based on the casts, you have different positions in their society. So fire casts are their warriors. Yeah. Air casts fly and that sort of thing. They have ethereals who are the, like their ruling cast. Yeah. So and, they're uh, so they're this they're this race that was it's it's interesting in their development because they showed the there's a was it a rogue trader fleet found them i believe so they're they're, they're yeah. blue and hairless and they have yeah. like a slit in their foreheads and... yeah so the 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 rogue there's a rogue trader fleet that found a inhabited xeno planet and it was just deemed not like worth like doing anything about because it was just a bunch of blue aliens that were like banging rock they were basically still neolithic at the time yeah and then they showed up, I don't know how much later, a thousand years, 10,000 years. There's, it was in a very short amount of time. The next time the Empire came across them, this, this Neolithic species had become to the point where they'd like basically carved out a pe an empire for themselves of multiple planets. Um, where they had like conquered other races and uplifted them instead of doing a purge like the empires want to do and like entered entered them into their society for the greater good. Yeah, so the big the, the big thing to take away from the Tau is that they don't exterminate, mm -hmm. they diversify. Mm -hmm. So they're the Vespid assimilate. Yes. Well, I mean, not like Borg though, they're like hey, like yeah. like Want to want to sign up for for a timeshare? <laughs> it's just it's a simulate. Yeah, well, it, it's kind of like the Roman Empire. Yeah, like they they proliferate proliferated as. Hey, we're gonna give you guns and weapons and armor and stuff, and let you like explore the universe. But you get uh, you have to Maybe worship us. us and yeah. do whatever we tell you. Well, we're, worship the greater good. So yes. like the the Vespid are, are insectoids. Yeah, that serve the Tau. Um, was it Guela or like? Guayvasa uh, is the term for humans that actually follow the Tau. So there are human colonies that they get the, like contacted by the Tau, and they're like, "Actually, this doesn't sound so yeah, bad. It's yeah, a lot better than what we're doing right now." Yeah. So they straight up follow the Tau. Um, the Tau are extraordinarily technologically advanced. They mm -hmm. have very, very sophisticated na naval 
um, yeah. fleets. Battlefleet Gothic isn't the only thing that's different. So. Is they they don't have they have no presence in the warp, right? Or very limited yeah. presence. Yeah, yeah. That that I'm I'm so excited for the day that the Tau fall, fall to chaos because like they have they have no be interesting. They have no affiliation with chaos. Yeah. They um they have no presence in the warp yet. Mm -hmm. They're so like on the outs of the universe. But they fought chaos. They have fought chaos. So it'd be really interesting to see yeah. like like if they're tempted by it and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but 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 yeah, in Battlefield Battlefield Gothic, their ships are their ships are have singular purposes. You forgot you forgot about your favorite Tau faction. The Crute. The I was going to get to that. Okay. I will get to <laughs> But um, but the, the idea is it's a very so socialist idea that everybody mm -hmm. contributes to, to this cause because like their ships each have a single job and all of the ships together help you win your objective mm -hmm. in, in Epic 40k. Um, they have hammerheads, they have transports and they have uh, stealth suits and drones. Um, they have this withering long range firepower. That, that is their specialty. Um, and my favorite of the auxiliary aliens that follow the Tau mm. are the Kroot. Which is the like Kroot, they're warriors, sort of like frontline warrior guys, kind of. Yeah, so the Kroot are this avian... Um, bird dinosaur. Avian, bird dinosaur, because, you know, birds became dinosaurs. So they're like this bird dinosaur Native American tribes. Yeah. And they, um, they are led by shapers who are basically their shamans that um, tell them what's safe to eat because yeah. the crute, when they eat, um, break down the genetic material of their quarry and then digest and assimilate beneficial DNA into their genomes. Mm -hmm. And so their shapers actually tell them, hey, that, this is safe to eat. This mm -hmm. is not safe to eat. Yeah, because they're wanting to keep like, oh, this is what we should, like, this is like what we should be aspiring to or whatever. Like, oh, you're, yeah. a, you're a warrior. You need to be like stronger and better and faster. So you do this one or you're a crafter. So you need to do this thing. So you get smarter or whatever. Yeah. And what happens is over time, they start to acclimate to the, the um, biome they're in. Mm -hmm. from the genetic material they've been consuming. Now, naturally, the shapers have certain rules over stuff that's completely forbidden. Mm -hmm. So because of the fact that the Tau saved them from extinction, uh, any crew caught eating Tau is executed on site. Um, mm -hmm. You cannot eat Tau. You cannot eat anything tainted by chaos. Mm -hmm. So the crew are like, that's a terrible idea. I believe they're not, a, they're not, it's frowned upon to eat Tyranids. Yeah because of the corruptive influence that could happen. But yeah, so you'll get, you'll get ins inserted into the hive mind or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't want to accidentally have a second voice in there telling you what to do. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want a third tentacle for, you know, yeah. my arms are for me and this tentacle is for Nurgle. You, you don't yeah. want any of that. Um, and Tau well, saved them. So also or are orcs a no, no, or is that just in gas? So in the, because book, it's Makari. In the in the book, there's a crew that the Imperium capture that is that has eaten an ethereal. Yeah, a mad scientist that was just eat, well eating genetic material that was banned. Mm -hmm. And what happened is they fed this crew Mercari's flesh because Mercari keeps coming back mm -hmm. because Gasgol wills Mercari back with massive psyker energy. Because isn't it? It's because it's similar. They also are like similar to Space Marines and how Space Marines can like absorb memories and stuff from like eating flesh so it's yes. like the crew's ability like actually gives them the ability to like see someone's memories and stuff like that 
Yeah, yeah. The thing with the crew is it also actively rewrites their DNA. Mm -hmm. So uh, what ends up happening is the crew in the in the book that we actually reviewed yeah. eats Mercari's flesh. Mercari cannot die because Gaskell's like, yeah, you come back. And so the crew actually like violently dies. Yeah, because basically it just like turns into like fungus paste yeah, instantly. Yeah. The regenerative tissue completely overloads the crew and kills yeah. them. Um, they have they have war spheres, so mm. they actually have spacefaring craft. Mm. I believe they don't remember how they were made. I think it was like their society a long time ago or something like that. Yeah. They they have um just like the last of the Mohicans, they have like blades on the butts of their space muskets and oh, yeah. they ride they have crude hounds that were they have they had crude DNA, but they could they basically spliced into their dogs. Uh -huh. They have crew talks that are like crude rhinos or crude steeds, basically. Because uh -huh. remember, what ends up happening is their DNA is getting diversified, so they end up having associated species that are that they have sailed. Like their 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 planet follows the same rules that the crew go by. Basically, <laughs> yeah. So it's sort of like if you've seen predators, there's like the predator hounds and mm -hmm. stuff. They're very similar. So, so they have croutons that they ride, and they have crude hounds, um, and they have they have like bladed, big like lever. They kind of look like lever action space guns, and mm -hmm. they're just generally very cool. Yeah. Um, and at the top of yeah. Tau society, you have um, the ethereals, which are like basically the blue uh, vagina forehead space uh, aliens. <laughs> um, Oops, yes. I said that out loud. Um, they have a weird, like, slit in the middle of their forehead that everyone jokes about. It, it, looks, like it, it, look, it, looks, it looks bad. Um, so, uh, which are, like, psychically gifted. And so, like, the thing that, like... So, yes, the, the tower not, like, instantly hostile to, like... Contrary to other any other Xenos you encounter in in the Imperium, the Tau aren't like instantly hostile. They want they just want you to like embrace the greater good. But what's weird about it is as soon as a Tau shows up on a planet, everyone starts talking about how great the greater good is. So there's there's uh, it's not been confirmed yet, but it's believed they either have like a psychic presence or some kind of like pheromonic thing that yeah. like gets people everyone around them to agree with doing what the ethereals say because yeah, their so society is very stratified of the tower at the top the the sorry the ethereals are at the top who are like the og tau and then everybody else serves the ethereals and they have a very stratified society yeah the, the longer the tau have been in the game mm-hmm the more nuanced they become and the more interesting they are to me. I, I, I feel because like there's there it's 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 um um it's implied that they rob people of their free will of by basically like brainwashing or like uh slowly convincing people that their way is the best way via like either psychic thing or pheromones or some other type of control. So it's a little bit nefarious. So like they have this whole thing where like they're so like everything is good with them because it's for the greater good. But at the same time, you're like, what's actually going on here? Which is why they want to kill Commander Shadow Sun. Yeah, because he's like, fuck this. I thought it was There's Commander a... Farsight. Was it Farsight? Oh, I think it might have been. 
here, here, let me look. Shadow Sun's one of his like uh, subordinates, I think. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. no, it's the Farsight it, Enclave. It is Farsight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what ends up happening is you start getting this in, this political intrigue with just like caste politics and classism mm -hmm. and stuff, and so Farsight isn't an, an ethereal. Yeah. But has opinions that. Well, he's the lower caste. He's not. Yeah. It's not that he's not an ethereal. He's a Tau, but he's not one of the like high caste ethereals. He's not an ethereal and has yeah. opinions about how things should be done. Yeah. Because he's one of their greatest generals that has ever lived. And then yes. he's like, hey, how about we stop doing this whole caste thing? Because that doesn't seem very great or good of you. And they're like, and they're like, uh, they basically pull an, they basically pull a, uh, you know, Imperium of Man and go, heretic! And he's like, all right, well, these six planets are mine. Come and take them. And they can't because he's too good. So now, so now we're starting to see like, yeah. civil war intrigue with the Tau. Um, and then Farsight almost like had a near-death experience. There's a chaos incursion. There's a chaos incursion, and yeah. they thought that Farsight died, but miraculously mm -hmm. did not. Mm -hmm. And so now there are people starting to like worship and stuff. And yeah. So, so and it's, the girls are like, this is, this is no good. Yeah, this is bad. This is not the greater good. <laughs> this is not greater good right now. Yeah. What's interesting is there's an early, uh, one of the, the first Caiaphas Cain book is a, uh, Tau. There's a, there's a Tau, uh, embassy on the planet that Caiaphas comes to and he works with them a little bit, but it turns out that the Tau are susceptible to gene stealer cults. <laughs> Which is fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But their um their vehicles are really cool. They have large vehicle mm -hmm. and battle suit. Yeah, so they th so yeah, so they they're different from a lot of the other factions. Uh they they get uh accused of being a weeaboo faction. To, yeah, yeah. There, there's a common complaint that they look too similar to Gundam, yeah, giant Japanese robots, and that their society is vaguely Asiatic in nature, yeah. and they're good guys, so they don't belong in the setting. And it's kind of like, guys, this setting is just plagiarized—not plagiarized, but just heavily influenced from other science fiction properties. So why are you complaining that? So, so you're not gonna yeah. if you're not gonna complain that the Adeptus Mechanicus is directly ripped from Foundation. Why are we complaining that the Tower Gundams? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I found a, a lot of a lot of people that complain haven't done their homework and just yeah. want something to hate. Yeah, which they got mad very... because they got spanked by some Tau. I, I, they're mad I because it. they lost to Tau too many times, even though it was a brand new faction. So they're like, "Oh well, they're just they're just Gundams." I, I get they it. don't even get into melee range. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't put your Tau melee. Um, hating on the Tau is very in in forty k appropriate, but no one. I wants feel like to it's like a, I feel no like it's dropping a man to be real. Nobody, yeah. you should not unironically. Well. Some people do, and that's Some people that, do, those are and those people are to be avoided at all costs. It was such a problem that that Games Workshop had to address it publicly. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, but yeah, so I mean, maybe you're just really motivated to be in character, but like a lot of people buy Tau, they they make a lot of money for the company that you support, 
And um, guess what? If you don't like the way they play on the tabletop, it's a very large universe, and they are really fun and not OP in Gothic. And, and there's not that many people who play them, so shut the fuck up, Blue Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're fun and epic. They're fun and Gothic. They have very varied play styles across the games that they're in. Mm-hmm. More factions, more people play the hobby. You want that to happen. All right. so. Well, it's six o'clock. I think we could. I think we could get through Necrons. If we're quick. Yep. Uh, so the Necrons, the final. I think that's the last Xenos faction. I think that's all of them, right? I'm not counting Chaos and Abhumans are t- are arguably. All right. So you got the you got the Heretic, you got the Xenos, and you got the Mutant. I feel like this is the last uh, Xenos faction. Yeah, yeah, we'll put Abhumans under. We'll mutants. do mutants another time. Yes. Um, so, Necrons, do you like Egypt? Do, do you, you like, like to- e- do, you do you like, like tombs? Like yeah, do you like tombs? Do, do, do you like do you like Egyptian iconography? Well, Necrons is the faction for you, because these 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 aliens are uh, are probably even older than the Eldar. I would yep. say, yep. They're the, they're the oldest. They're like from the from like the beginning of time, and they came up on a planet that was ravaged by solar radiation, where the uh, the life expectancy of someone that lived on this planet uh, was like what twenty five. Yeah, yeah. So they'd basically live for like twenty five years and die of horrible space cancer. Um. Because their planet was so radiated. And then you have these guys called the Catan, which are like sort of like proto gods. Old um, ones. Old yeah. ones. They're like from like before like anything else. This is even pre pre Imperium of Man, anything. Uh, so the Necrons, uh, they're like, hey, if you uh, join with us, we'll give you a way to not die ever. And the Necrons are like, sounds good to me because I would love to not die an agonizing cancer death. And so they basically had this, like, basically a lot of the Necrons had sort of like a death cult thing going on. Because, you know, when you die, but like when your life expectancy is like 25, it's like, it's like the only thing you're, you're worried about is like staving off death for another day. So they, they... They're similar, and like as we talked about in a lot of 40k factions, there's a lot of like stuff going on where they're like they're like cribbing from other like for like when they have a faction idea, they crib from some other thing. Uh, the for the Necrons in particular, they crib cribbed from like Egyptian iconography, and like so everything's got like scarabs on it. It's got like all their names end in kh and uh. Uh, they Lots like consonants and apostrophe. They like pyramids and like uh, what are the like uh, monoliths, monoliths and stuff, which is very Egyptian, you know. And uh, so basically, what happens is the Catan. They were not nice people, and they tricked these Necrons into basically like having their souls ripped from their bodies and put into uh, robots that have like that are made of living metal. They, they and did it not is read. not a nice process to go through. They did not read the terms and conditions. Yes. They were like, all right, yes, anything to get us out of this agony. Uh, so they then 
the and the Catan were like, "All right, that's our part of the agreement. Now you have to go fight every anyone that we tell you to go fight." And so, like the the Necrons, uh, they go off and go fight everything they're told to fight. But the problem is, uh, like every time like one of them dies, they like lose a bit of themselves. So like all of these like all the, like the low level like peasant Necrons eventually turn into like basically like literally robots. It's kind of like the Cybermen. Mindless drones. Like mindless drones that have to be controlled by... Basically, the only things that retain the their personality are like the high-ranking, like, monarch class of the um, of the Necrons. So the, the ones that lead the armies. So they have these... They have like the... They have these pharaohs that then uh, order their generals and commanders around to like order their these like little like drones to like do their jobs yeah and then uh after all of this the uh after their job's done the katans are like all right thanks for doing taking care of that uh see you later and the problem is that eventually the problem is you live for long enough as a robot you kind of start going cuckoo for cocoa puffs so you do yeah you start uh, you Start losing cognition. And yeah. Losing so, like, these drones, there's a lot of people that... there's They have this, like... Uh, so, they're like, all right, we're going to... Like, they've taken over the whole galaxy. And then they're like, we're going to go to sleep for a while uh, after all this other shit. Because, like, it, their whole, like, thing that where they took over the galaxy plunges the rest of the galaxy into chaos. They're like, all right, we're going to wait. And uh, we'll wake up when uh things get back to normal again so then they 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 sequester themselves into these tomb worlds and go into stasis and wait until like millions of years millions of years millions so basically like there's like there's an early like necron dude who like went to earth 65 million years ago and he's like called like the collector or whatever and uh, he just like I want a T Rex. <laughs> is this is this Trazen? Trazen the Infinite. Trazen the Infinite. Yeah. yeah. Everybody everybody loves Trazen by the way. Trazen because Trazen's awesome. Come on. <laughs> everybody loves Trazen. If you let if you, if if Necrons sound interesting to you, go read the Infinite and Divine because it's hilarious. Because there's like Trazen so, the Infinite who decides that his big thing. He like wakes up early and decides his thing that he needs to do is to catalog the entire galaxy so that it's like preserved for the future. Like he doesn't care like whether you're Necron, whatever. He's like everything needs to be preserved because it's important. Because a lot of these Necrons, they come back alive and they like end up with certain uh, psychoses. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, he wakes up and then he's like fighting with his buddy, uh, the Diviner. Uh, I can't think of his name. Yeah. I can't the, the I can't think of the other guy's name, but he's like he's basically like OG Necron. He's like anything else other than finding like our origin and preserving uh, Necron stuff is heresy. And uh, is it or Orican? Orican, Orican the Diviner. Orican the Diviner. Yeah, yeah. Trees in the Infinite. Orican the Diviner. Yeah, and it's basically it's almost like a will like a freaking. Uh, like Oral and Hardy skit because they hate each other, but they're like fighting for dominance over this one thing. And then they, they're trying to open this one ancient Catan vault. And then at the end of that, 
They 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 open the Catan vault and immediately scream and shut it again. <laughs> they basically uh, orchestrated the destruction of a planet so they could open this vault over millions of years because it only opens up every like 10 million years or something like that. Yeah, yeah. The the big thing to remember is the Necron eventually overthrow the Catan. Mm-hmm. And so they they lock they seal them yeah in, into uh into the not the monoliths or they, they 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 get back at their masters yeah yeah and um and their adherents all of all, all of their followers they put to sleep until they're needed so anytime you're writing story a story uh work for for like a new edition or something a lot of times they'll, they'll be like oh hey this planet there are necrons sleeping there and 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 it'll yeah. be written or like uh the the emperor like oh hey um he was working in a secret project and uh oh it was Necron tech, and they'll, th- so they they retcon ne- Necron stuff into the Horse Heresy. And yeah, like yeah, because like that's the thing is like there's these Necron tomb worlds that are implanted throughout the galaxy because they like they bury their tombs like way, way, way deep, mm-hmm. and because they're like they basically ravage the whole galaxy in their attempt to like it's. I think it's also like suggested they might have been like fighting the Crocs at one time. They were either like, way fighting- back fighting the Krorks or they were both enslaved by the old, by the yeah. old ones. And yeah. It's, so, so perhaps the Katan used them to try to get rid of the Necrons. And- yeah. So they, so they like, they're like, all right, we're just going to wait for all the, like they ravaged the entire galaxy, like wiped out like half of everything. And they're like, all right, we're going to wait for everything to go back to being para- paradise worlds. We're going to go to sleep deep under the earth's crust or under the planet's crust and wait things out until it gets better. Yeah. And the thing is like, Imperial man likes to go mining for stuff and waking up plant and like and like digging deep and all this shit. So then all of a sudden you have like they're mining and all of a sudden they go into this like like tomb that's like hundreds of miles deep before below the crust and they're like, huh, what's this? And what happens when that is breached is the Necrons wake up and kill everything on the planet. And normally they'd go back into stasis and seal everything up, but a lot of times they don't, and then they just go and they're popping up now. Yeah, they're popping up like popcorn on a pan. <laughs> yeah, and and they're they're starting to be like, you know what? I was watching from the sidelines. I'm going to get involved now. Mm-hmm. Um, very famously. Um, so what's interesting is a lot of these fact these Zenos factions is typically. Uh, the like the the Imperium would be like, no, purge the Zenos, but these smarter factions that recognize the problem that the Tyranids bring. So some recent developments have been that people like the Tau, the Necrons, the Eldar are like, Hey, these Tyranids are pretty bad. Can we, can we do something about this? And and the empire is like, I don't like it. I don't trust you, but yeah, these I hate these bugs. So sure, it, it, <laughs> they've heavily, even they've even aligned with the orcs a couple times, which is wild. Yeah, yeah it's heavily inferred that Evrain um, and mm-hmm. the the Inari mm-hmm. are responsible for reviving Rabute, mm-hmm. and it's heavily inferred that Call used Necron tech to make the Primaris mm-hmm. and, and 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 new weaponry. Yeah, and so it's like at some point 
the blind yeah the regeneration semi, thing definitely semi, yeah. yeah blind semi-religious hatred that we use to maintain the imperium after the heresy yeah needs to be amended to keep us alive yeah it's 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 a wild time in 40k and it just keeps getting wilder primarchs are coming back it's, it's always going to be grim dark but at the same time there's still a little tiny teensy weensy little bit of hope <laughs> things are things are everything's hard. bad but it might 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 get better but don't don't you want it to be to be bad together <laughs> we, we 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 can all we can all be uh, we can all complain about the grim dark together and yes and, uh which is what's the fun of 40k uh, with that, uh, I think that's all the. Uh, did we we covered all the Zeno? We got through them. We finished the Zenos factions, like the main ones. Obviously, there's ones that show up in the books, but at this point, I could be like, "What about?" Other yeah. than that, we're good. Yeah, I guess uh, the other thing, the last thing we'll have to talk about. I mean, we have to talk about the human factions eventually, but yeah. uh, we can talk about that another hot time. We can talk about that, and then we can talk about the mutants. But for now, I think that's our end of our Zenos episode. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, we'll catch you back again on Thursday, where we're going to continue our D&D uh, campaign. Sorry for the abrupt uh, not doing it. One of our members, had our DM, had a... had some personal stuff, and he couldn't go. It couldn't show up, so we... Decided to skip the episode this week, and we'll be back with it on Thursday. And then, other than that, we'll be doing The Portrait of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde next week. And we'll do some spooky season episodes where we'll talk about some cryptids after that. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, and we'll see you again later. <laughs>